With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We've got another full slate of games to look forward to. And luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus... They have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports each and every day. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't even have to leave the house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to DraftKings and check out their app along with all of their daily fantasy contests. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI, the letters SI, to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Head to SI.com fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano coming to you in the business portion of the NFL schedule. Mike, what's going on? Oh, man. Had a, a nice weekend. Took a little bike ride down to Manhattan Beach. Uh, nice. Pretty windy West, here, West though, Coast man. Life. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Pretty windy, though, <laughs> over here. Although the people in the middle of the country, in the East Coast, boy, they're getting hammered right now. So, man, prayers out to the people in Texas and elsewhere. They are getting some weather that they are not used to. No doubt about it, Mike. You know, it's funny. We're used to that. So I'm seeing them like, oh, my God, it's snowing. And I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> like, they don't know about that in. snow thing, yeah. man. They ain't about that snow life. <laughs> yeah. They're, not, they're definitely not about that life. But what we are about is the life of figuring out what's going to shake up this offseason and how it's going to affect us when we start our fantasy football championship journey for mm-hmm. 2021, Mike. And I think the overall theme of the offseason is going to be the quarterback carousel. So what's some of the latest news going on with these quarterbacks? Obviously, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson coming to mind. Also, Russell Wilson now in, involved in a lot of talks. Isn't that crazy? I wow. can't, I can't mm-hmm. see Russell Wilson in anything but a Seahawks uniform into the foreseeable future. But I guess you can never say never. That's just something to keep tabs on. Or maybe... It's just folks out there during the offseason trying to create content for their websites. I don't know. Yeah. But I've even heard the Cowboys in the potential Russell Wilson trade talks scenario, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Anyways, 
let's get to something that actually is going to happen. Carson Wentz. So Ron Jaworski. Yes, he will be traded. <laughs> yes. Ron had reported that the Colts offered two second round picks for Wentz. And the Eagles are really looking for a first and more. And I don't know that if they're basing it off of what the Rams gave up for Stafford. But again, I keep saying this. The Rams had to overpay because Jared Goff's contract had to go to Detroit. And also, the Rams don't see themselves as a team that's going to be, well, let's see anything but a Super Bowl contender. And if that's true, those picks that are going to be given or have been given to the Lions, not officially because the new league year hasn't started yet, they're going to end up being in the end of the first round. So the yeah. Rams don't feel as uh, as bad, I guess, giving those picks away. They're not going to have a draft pick in the first round until you know 2024. I'm going to be in my 50s at that point, which is just crazy. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. The Eagles got to do, you know, they, they got to do their due diligence. I get it. But I, you're not getting two ones for Carson Wentz. You're not. I mean, he's regressing. His numbers were terrible last season. His completion percentages dropped in each of the last three years. He had his most picks in a single season this past season, and he didn't play every game because he lost his starting job to Jalen Hurts. Ultimately, the Colts are the best fantasy destination. The Frank Wright connection is there. They've got a good offensive line. They've got to replace Anthony Costanzo, who retired. They've got good young talent on the offensive side with Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, if he can ever stay healthy. The Bears are probably the second most likely team to go. Maybe not from a fantasy landing standpoint. We don't want them to go to Chicago, especially if Allen Robinson is in there. But the Bears are also going to be in the mix for Wentz, uh, too. There's also been reports that Zach Ertz, who I, I think we kind of know that the writing's on the wall for him. He's not going to be back with uh, Philadelphia. That is going to get interesting. Think about that. Ertz is only going to be 30 when next season starts. Not like he's an old dude. Wow. And, uh, of course, our, our Ed Kratz is reporting that there are already several teams interested in maybe trading for Ertz, including the Colts, which means maybe it's a Ertz-Wentz kind of deal, uh, combo deal. And the Seahawks are also interested, which I'm not surprised at either because they don't really have a number one tight end. Greg Olson, of course, is retired. He'll go to the TV booth. Anywhere Ertz goes is almost going to be an upgrade for him because Dallas Goddard is the the present and the future at the tight end position in Philadelphia right now. And Ertz is still he's still in his prime. Like uh, maybe he's a little past his prime, although Travis Kelsey's 31 and soon to be 32 Ballers. and he's certainly yeah. in his prime, right? Ertz has still got a lot to offer. So he could end up being like one of those players that get traded in the offseason that, you know, we're not talking about him as much as Wentz or like the Deshaun Watson rumors or, you know, Matthew Stafford who got traded already. Ertz could see his value rise depending on where he lands. No doubt. I would agree with you on that. Now, one of the things that we all going to keep an eye on, obviously, we saw the big pro day down in Clemson, South Carolina, uh, late last week for uh, one Mr. Trevor Lawrence, mm -hmm. uh, once dubbed as Broadway Trevor, but now more or less <laughs> supposed to be the next the next big thing. Yeah. With that being said, shoulder surgeries for Trevor Lawrence should be fine, ready to go by training camp, obviously. You won't see him at the combine. There is no combine this year, but he already got his pro day out the way. And obviously, Mike, I don't think it's no real big secret. He's going to be the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, without question, without question. And the Jaguars are going to go from a team that had a couple of fantasy components that were productive. Uh, James Robinson being the most obvious one. You know, DJ Chark had his moments, I guess, at times. LaVisca Chanel flashed from time to time as well. But you bring in... Lawrence that changes the dynamic of everything right changes 
the the value of every pass catcher on that roster and maybe some that aren't on there at this point. And I've said Allen Robinson would be a nice fit going back to Duval, being the number one guy for Trevor Lawrence, J, DJ Chark, his value will go up. LaVisca Chenault will become a more attractive sleeper slash breakout candidate next season. And of course, James Robinson, when you've yep. got a quarterback under center like Trevor Lawrence, as long as he can meet expectations, I mean, he's going to do nothing but help you uh, in, in that backfield. So Lawrence is going to bring a Jacksonville offense from being, well, I guess mediocre at best from a fantasy perspective uh, outside of Robinson to potentially very fantasy relevant as soon as 2021. And the Jaguars have a lot of money to spend as well. No doubt. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how they get it done. But obviously, Jacksonville is going to be one of the destinations that free agents will be looking at because everybody wants to be involved with the Trevor Lawrence show. And no state income tax, too, Corey. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, that that plays a big role, too. All right, so everybody, shout out to everybody. I hope they had a great uh, Valentine's Day weekend. You know what I'm saying? This is for the lovers Mm -hmm. and you right here. But, Mike, also late last week, you put out your man crush list for the 2021 fantasy football season. And we mentioned Zach Ertz a little bit a little while ago and how he's probably played his last game in a Philadelphia Eagle uniform. Mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard, though, now puts himself in the prime position. He is on your man crush list, Dallas Goddard. What do you see coming up for Dallas Goddard this year as he works alongside Jalen Hurts? Yeah, he, he could end up being a top five or six tight end uh, in 2021. Again, assuming that Ertz is no longer in the mix. Uh, the Eagles did run a lot of 12 personnel. Last season, in fact, no team yep. ran it more at 33.5%, but the coaching staff has flipped. And Nick Sirianni ran it just 19.3% of the time as the Colts offensive coordinator. Whether or not that's going to change remains to be seen. Maybe the Eagles draft a tight end. Uh, time will tell. But right now, as we stand, assuming Ertz is gone, Goddard's value is certainly going to be on the rise. Uh, he'll be one of the first, I would guess, five or six. Y- you would think you know, it's going to be Kelsey. It's going to be Waller and Kittle in some order. It'll be Hawkinson and Andrews. And right after that, I'm guessing Goddard will be the next tight end picked in most 2021 drafts. Yeah, I think Goddard has a big shot to uh, to come out. And like you said, be a potential breakout candidate. I think it's, you know, you get that team, you get that opportunity. He's a guy that's been in that locker room for a good minute now. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, we have some kind of, kind of rapport with him. And listen, it's going to be tough times in Philadelphia as Hurts and that new look Eagles try to get their legs under them. But I think Goddard could be a definitely agree with you on that one. Could be a fantasy asset. Now, here's one right here I'm struggling with, Mike, on your man crush list. Mm. Carolina Panther wide receiver Curtis Samuel. What do you think is going to be the quarterback situation there? And what do you see in Samuel? I don't think he's going to be in Carolina. And that's part of the reason why I like him. Right. So let's look at last season, okay? Uh, first six games or so, he was waiver wire fodder or bench fodder at best. Final 10 games, he was a wide receiver 12. He averaged over seven targets a game. He averaged almost 17 points per game. And you've got Robbie Anderson. You've got DJ Moore. This this kid is a has got a lot of upside. And why would Carolina keep him if they can't afford to? Because you put him on a team, say, like Washington, and say they get a quarterback like, I don't know, Jameis Winston or another upgrade at the quarterback position, which they're going to clearly have to have. And you put him in a number two role where maybe that target share is more consistent. And maybe he's seeing seven, eight targets a game that could really make him an asset. And also, you know, Samuel's a guy who's versatile too. You can run him on jet sweeps. You can run him out of the backfield trickery. He has got a ton of playmaking ability, uh, 
took him a few more years, I think, than than some of us thought. I thought last season, the 2019, would be the season that he'd kind of start to flash, and he didn't have a good year. But he was very good in 2020. He was very good. And I feel like if he walks, Curtis Samuel could end up being a bargain in drafts. And even if he ends up in Carolina, ultimately, Corey, he still had a good season. And I could still see drafting him as a wide receiver three, as much as a wide receiver three. I just think he's got a lot of playmaking ability. I would like to see him go somewhere he's not the third option in the passing game. Uh, I'd much rather see him be the number two. And Washington would allow that to happen with only really Terry McLaurin at wide receiver and then you know Logan Thomas in the mix as well. Why are teams, why does Teddy Bridgewater get like, a year here, a year there. Is Teddy Bridgewater? Is, is he? He doesn't seem like he's below. He doesn't seem like a below average quarterback. To me, you no. Know it seems like he's not going to be able to make the big play when you need it. But mm-hmm. he's also not going to be the reason why you lose the game. Yeah, I'm surprised that Carolina was so in on Stafford. At least those were the reports. Because Bridgewater, I mean, he had his ups and downs, but he had some very solid performances. I remember the Kansas City game in particular. He was very good. He was very, very good. I guess Carolina just doesn't see him as you know the yeah. quarterback that's going to take them to the next level. And you remember from a couple of seasons ago, I believe it went what five and five or six and zero oh with New Orleans when Breeze yeah. went down and uh, and, and his stock kind of rose and ended up going to Carolina. I'm surprised they're they're already ready to jump off the bandwagon, but I guess the team's doing its due diligence. I would like to if Teddy B is not going to be the Carolina Panthers starter, I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Darnold get traded there because. You go there, you got your your former teammate, Robbie Anderson. You got DJ Moore. You got Christian McCaffrey. Carolina's going to be able to spend some money. Uh, that that could end got, up being a really Joe nice Brady, fit. Joe Brady very there. very good for him after that. Right, right. So if, if Bridgewater isn't in Carolina, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Darnold uh, end up there because I don't think Darnold's gotten a fair shake. You got some rookie wide receivers on your man crush list for 2021. And obviously this year was a big year for rookie wide receivers. Excuse mm-hmm. me, rookie wide receivers but let's go to the guy in Cincinnati T Higgins more likely they're going to run AJ Green out of town this offseason yeah. T Higgins Mike listen I thought T Higgins was going to be like a one-trick pony you know when you look at his career uh in college but he came in there and he was more than a one-trick pony he was a guy that got the job done and he became a very valuable fantasy asset yeah he did he did uh, he only finished 28th in fantasy points as a rookie but remember he played Burrow what five games without Joe Burrow yeah Uh, He had 20 plus points three times and there was a lot of miles to feed in that Bengals offense, right? I mean, you've got AJ Green and Tyler Boyd, of course, there's now you get AJ Green out of there. I don't know where he'll end up. Uh, It doesn't matter much. He's not going to have much fantasy value, but you get T Higgins and Joe Burrow. I've been saying for a while now that that's going to be one of the most popular and exciting and productive quarterback wide receiver duos in the league in terms of the, the young kids. And Burrow and Higgins both going into their second season. I have seen some mock drafts where the Bengals have drafted a wide receiver with that, with that fifth overall pick. They'd be foolish to do that because they need offensive line help. You got to keep Joe Burrow uh, upright. You got to keep him uh, in the pocket, protected. Well, you don't want him to get hurt again. He was running for his life. A lot of the time this past season, uh, if they do draft a wide receiver like Jamar Chase, for example, well, then, you know, T. Higgins, obviously the value is not going to be there. But right now, as the roster stands, assuming Burrow's back for week one, and it looks like he will be, I really think T. Higgins could be a top 20 fantasy wide receiver, maybe even better in 2021. Remember, in the past, we've seen a lot of wide receivers kind of bust out in their third year. But lately, 
you're seeing more and more guys put up those big numbers in year two, uh, a la DK Metcalf. Yeah, I think um, we're looking at – I think T. Higgins is going to have uh, a, a bright future in Cincinnati uh, with Joe Burrow, and I think he's going to be a, a positive fantasy asset for years to come. I feel the same way about my guy in Big D, C.D. Lamb. Listen, got to do with something this year with some with, with some of everybody from Ben DiNucci to Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> oh, listen, I know, Gilbert Prescott. Yeah, I know. Hopefully Dak Prescott is back on the center and healthy for the Cowboys next mm-hmm. year. And I think CeeDee Lamb is another guy that I agree with you, list, uh, Mike, on this man crush list because CeeDee Lamb showed flashes this year of really being a top-level wide receiver. I think I think if it goes well, I think Dallas could walk away from Amari Cooper and you could see a, a, a Dallas Cowboy team with CeeDee Lamb you know, being their top guy, not this year, but in the 2022 season. Yeah, I agree with you too. And I wouldn't be surprised if you outscored Amari Cooper this season coming up in 2021. You look at the numbers in the five games with Dak, he averaged 17 points a game. I mean, like you average that over a full season and, and it's Justin Jefferson numbers. Like yep. he's that good. He really is. Uh, I, I mean, the Cowboys needed other uh, help, especially on the defensive side when it comes to uh, their past draft class. But hell, I'll take Lamb, the production, and think about it too. The Cowboys are going to have to make big time improvements on the defensive side of the football. I don't know if it's going to happen all in one offseason. And so the Cowboys are going to be playing a lot of shootouts. That's why Dak was on pace to throw for almost 6,000 yards in his first five games because the Cowboys defense couldn't stop anybody and Dak had to continually throw the football. Maybe that's going to be the case with CeeDee Lamb catching a lot of those passes. Uh, hopefully Dak is going to be back in time for week one. I think that is certainly the case. Uh, there haven't been any setbacks. He's had the second surgery. He's good to go. Let's just get him signed, Dallas Cowboys, and stop with the nonsense. Let's get this thing together. And I think CeeDee Lamb could end up really pushing. He'll be in that. I think he'll be better than T. Higgins. And I think he could end up being a top 15 wide receiver uh, this upcoming season. What do you feel about rookie uh, going into his second year now out there in San Francisco, Brandon Ayuk? Good chance the quarterback will be different. Debo Samuel's out there. Obviously, George Kittle is already the man. But Ayuk, he's got an interesting skill set, and we saw some of the flashes of that this year. He's on the man crush for 2021, Mike. Mm -hmm. And he... His situation reminds me kind of of DK in that DK was the wide receiver 33 as a rookie and Ayuk was the wide receiver 35 as a rookie, but they both showed flashes in their first year. There was a, there was a stretch of about six games where Ayuk averaged almost 21 points per game. Like he was bananas good. He was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. He also ranked tied for ninth among wide receivers in broken tackles and he didn't play a full season. He's just a playmaker. He really is. And I think it's going to be George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk in terms of the target share, the top two guys in San Francisco next season, whether the quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins or Deshaun Watson or somebody else. We're not sure if that's going to be, uh, if there's going to be a change there or not. But boy, I tell you, he has got, he has got it, man. He has got it. And with Kyle Shanahan pulling the strings, uh, I feel like really the sky is the limit for Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to agree with you on that. I think Brandon Ayuk's in a real good situation. I'm personally a big, heavy Debo Samuels guy. I love him, I, too. I love yeah. Debo, too. But Ayuk, poof, he's good, man. Let's get into this running back. And I've, I've seen this name uh, a lot recently. A lot of people, as we hit into the fantasy offseason, a lot of people are starting to talk about him and as being a guy that they like and want to have a, a piece of next year. And that is Green Bay Packer running back A.J. Dillon. Obviously, the thought process is Aaron Jones will score and land someplace else in the offseason. What are you seeing in A.J. Dillon to make him a member of Michael Fabiano's 2021 man crush list? Well, you mentioned it. This will require a divorce between the Packers and Aaron Jones. 
And then at that point, like I'm, I'm jumping right into Dylan's DMs, man. That's what the kids all talk about, right? So Dylan in that one game against Tennessee, and I know their defense was not good against running backs, but still looked really explosive. Uh, a guy that Matt LaFleur and, and that and that staff drafted, right? And yep. he's not as big as Derrick Henry, but he's kind of in that same sort of you know framework where he's a big between the tackles beast. The legs on this dude are ridiculous. And so I wonder if the Packers just say, yeah, we'd like to have Aaron Jones back. Maybe they'll franchise him. I don't know. But ultimately, if they have to pay him, you've got A.J. Dillon waiting in the wings. Jamal Williams is a free agent as well. I can see a scenario where Jones walks, Dillon starts, and they bring back Jamal Williams, and he's kind of like the the complimentary number two back in a two-back rotation where Dillon would be the lead guy. He'd see the early down work. He'd see the goal line work, et cetera. I really do feel like if Jones leaves Green Bay, though, A.J. Dillon's stock is going to be that of a RB2 in a lot of fantasy drafts, and he'll probably be a top 50 or, at at worst, top 60 overall pick. So I'm I'm with you on the Dillon thing. I want to see some more of the player. Aaron Jones is going to be interesting. I think a franchise could be headed this way. Obviously, a lot of offseason to get into to see how these things shake out. Now, his, the, the 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 next group of players on the list, I want you to rank them. Okay. So they all made the man crush list, mm-hmm. but I want you to rank the second year running backs on the list: J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, and finally DeAndre Swift. How would you rank those three dudes right there for twenty twenty one? Right now, I've got DeAndre Swift, and then Dobbins, and then Akers. I and I admit it, I love Dobbins. He knows I love him. Like I've actually been on DMs with him on Twitter, uh, telling him, dude, man, I just I'm a big fan. And Ben Heisler and I did the interview with Mark Ingram where I talked about JK Dobbins and Ingram was very complimentary of him. He's he's got what it takes, man. Like, I know Gus Edwards is probably gonna end up staying there. He's a restricted free agent. My guess is that they'll extend him. But JK has got the whole skill set. Not only can he run with it, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And and I know Lamar Jackson doesn't throw a ton of passes out of the backfield to his backs, but think about it. I mean, can you get 30 catches out of Dobbins? I think so. I, I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility. Can he rush for a thousand yards and give you maybe another three, four hundred yards as a as a receiver and split some of those goal line opportunities with Gus Edwards where he's getting you maybe eight to ten total touchdowns? Hell yeah, he can do that. And I just feel like when he came out of Ohio State, I was like, man, this guy is good. I really hope he ends up in a good spot. And he did. Baltimore's offense is all about the run. And Mark Ingram's no longer there. They released him already. So watch out for J.K. Dobbins. So Dobbins out of that group would be your one. And then who would come after that? No, Swift would be my one. Swift would be Dobbins one would be my two. Would be two. Akers would be my three. Uh, Swift, he, he's been moving up my draft board. And it's very close. It's very close between between all three of these guys. I mean, they're all within you know four or five spots of one another on my rankings. Swift, though, and assuming they don't bring back Adrian Peterson, I know he said he'd like to see him back. Well, fantasy fans do not want to see him back. When Swift was was getting the majority of the touches, and there were five games where he had at least fifteen touches last season, he averaged almost twenty one points a game. And Anthony Lynn, the new offensive coordinator, is going to want to lean on the run. And they also brought in Duke Staley, who's the running backs coach, obviously came in from Philadelphia. I think they like DeAndre Swift and they're going to utilize him as a number one guy. Now, Detroit game script could be an issue for them. I don't think they're going to be very good, 
but Swift can catch the ball out of the backfield. So maybe that doesn't hurt his value altogether. Maybe his rushing totals a bit, but still he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can give you probably 40 catches. So I really feel like Swift is, is in that RB two conversation, kind of a high higher end RB two. And then moving down to cam Akers, who we all were kind of bummed about. He, he didn't get as much burn as we wanted throughout most of the first half of the season. And then over the seven final games, including the playoffs, he averaged over 21 touches a game. He averaged over 16 fantasy points per game. He proved that he can be a star. And with Matthew Stafford under center, uh, that will help keep defenses honest, maybe give him a few more opportunities as a pass catcher as well. Malcolm Brown's a free agent. I don't think he's going to be back. This could end up being a very, a very strong back for fantasy fans. Again, another player who is on that RB2 tier. And he's he's got a pretty good ceiling as well in that offense. I mean, we remember the great things that Todd Gurley did under Sean McVay for a few seasons there in Hollywood. I'm not saying he's going to be Todd Gurley, but I'm saying that if the Rams have a featured type back, they'll use him and they'll feed him and they'll give them the opportunities to produce. And that can be a very good thing for your fantasy football team in 2021. That's some of the people on Michael Fabiano's man crush list for 2021. You can check the article out right now over at SI.com. Mike, getting ready to get up out of here. Listen, the offseason is always fun. But really, 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 I think the big thing this year is going to be what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation. Yep. We see where J.J. Watt has decided to uh, part ways with the Houston Texans. It looks like that situation is falling apart. But, you know, Mike, I keep coming back to what you said. The best place for Watson, made for fantasy-wise, just may be Houston. Yeah, dude, I mean, he was so good last season. It was his best season. Yeah. He, led, he led the league in passing yards. And he didn't have Nuke. He didn't have Will Fuller for five games. He made some dude named Chad Hansen fantasy relevant. Right. Remember, we were worried that like maybe maybe it was going to end up being a situation where Watson wasn't going to be as good because he didn't have nuke. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit concerned about that as well. He was better without him and he played well without Will Fuller, which is crazy. And now if Houston brings back Fuller, he's a free agent and you got Brandon Cooks back and you've got, of course, Kiki QT and, and some of the young wide receivers they have there as well. They're. You know, there, there's no shortage of playmakers in the passing game there for, for Houston. They do need help at the running back position. I don't know if they're going to get it right away. David Johnson and Duke Johnson probably still be back. Maybe uh, maybe Duke is is uh, is released. We'll see. But both of those contracts are just brutal for Houston. But that's what happens when you make bad decisions. Uh, that, was the the former, it, that was the former regime. The thing about it is, like, when you talk about the Texans, they're in a spot right now to where free agents are going to be like, oh, I'm not going to Houston. No, I know. Like even like even even fifty year old Adrian Peterson, like no, I'm not. I'd rather retire than go down there. You yeah, know what right? I'm saying? It's like, yeah, dude, it, it, it's bad. And I, I posted this on the uh, on my uh, actually on Twitter. If the Texans do trade Deshaun Watson, and I don't think it's going to happen, it it would it would take it would take Watson basically telling the Texans, I'm not showing up for anything. Yep. I'm not showing up for anything. You can find me. I don't care. I'm done. I want out. Then what if the Texans say retire then? Yeah, well, I don't, gonna, I, I, don't the, gonna, I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to go. Humongous PR hit. Yeah, oh, it would be horrible. It yep. would be terrible. If Watson goes to the Niners, which is on my wish list, which you can find on SI.com, that would increase the value of Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo, although Kittle's already top three. So, But imagine what he could do there 
with Ayuk and Debo. Then Houston, assuming they would get a boatload of picks, would be able to draft a quarterback of the future. And then maybe they bring in a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the bridge. And we yeah. all love Fitz magic. So that's a scenario that if Houston does Fitz magic throwing the will full of, Oh my oh, God. Oh my God. I would love it. <laughs> I would love it, man. It'd be great. So if, if Watson ultimately is traded, Houston's going to have to bring in somebody unless they can get a rookie that they believe is going to be startable right away, which is quite possible because they're, they're going to get multiple first round picks. But if they do need a bridge, Man, the Amish rifle is out there, and he still looked pretty good last season. And we are still out there, too, right here, SIFantasy, SIFantasy.com. About to get ready to wrap it up. We'll be back later on this week with some more latest news and information going on through the NFL business season. For Michael Fabiano, I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. We are out.